the blast from our past network. Hot ride? Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. <laughs> Welcome to Cartwright of Seinfeld Podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to 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 wiggity 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 whack. I'm Adam. I'm Corey. Good one. And today we are talking season six, episode 17, The Doorman. It first aired February 23rd, February the 3rd to 23rd. Woo! You know what? I tongue tied myself earlier. I'm kind of screwing it up. The 23rd of February, 1995. Corey, my man, could you please give us the synopsis? Of course, The Doorman. Should have been titled The Diabolical Doorman. Mr. Pitt's doorman intimidates Jerry. Elaine and Jerry concoct a plan to cover themselves when a couch is stolen from the lobby. Frank Costanza moves into George's apartment. <laughs> Kramer and Frank develop a bra for men, but argue over what to name it. Woo! <laughs> now, now, I want to ask you at the top, bro. Right at the top. Bro or man's ear? I'm all about the bro. Yeah, buddy. Fucking yeah. bro, bro. The bro's the best. <laughs> so. uh, oh, this episode, man. <laughs> this episode. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, okay. So we start off this episode, like so many others, with a stand-up. This one on a doorman strike. Hey, Adam, you remember a few years ago in New York when they had the doorman strike? <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. Uh you remember a few years ago in New York, we had that doorman strike? They have a union in these fancy buildings, and they went on strike. Now, you would think if any group of people would not want to demonstrate what life would be like without them, it would be the doorman. And he's like, let's see how they do without us. He's like, there's no doorman. People open the door. They walk in. It's, you know, who's going to walk out next? Uh, the guys who clean your windshield at the traffic light with the dirty rag. He's like, we demand shorter yellows and longer reds. Uh, you know, it's funny. This is actually a stand-up that I think he should have like maybe gone a little, like developed a smidge more and maybe given us 20 more seconds of dialogue with it. Because I actually thought he had some funny stuff there, but it kind of, poof, it was, it like went by and it was gone, you mm. know? Yeah, it was, it was meh. But, I mean, me. he's, he's not wrong. Like, yeah, it's like doormen's going strike. You just op open the door. It's, yeah. it's not that hard. It's, no, I agree. It's like, you know, if all of the – we talked about uh, the matrons, uh, mm. if all of, like, the bathroom people went on strike, uh, nothing missed right there. No, no, exactly. Now, have you ever lived in a, in a building that had a – well, not so much maybe a doorman, but, like, a front desk uh, kind of person that you'd have to walk by? I've never had that kind of money in my life. <laughs> the The place I lived in uh, L.A. downtown, the Sixth and Spring one, mm. um, it had a front like security guy working at a desk, but you know he wasn't a doorman or anything. Um, and I was also subletting uh, the apartment okay. as well. So yeah, okay, good story. Uh, yeah, all right, that's <laughs> yes, great, great story. And I, and I would honestly a lot of times bypass him just so I wouldn't have to say hi to him. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> all right, we are going to get into the episode. 
And uh, Jerry enters Elaine's apartment complex and walks right past this doorman. Immediately, we're getting into the doorman yeah. right away. Right he away. He is played by Larry Miller, who is an awesome character actor. You've seen him in 10 Things I Hate About You, Pretty Women, or Pretty Woman. Um, I liked him in Dilbert. He's the voice of the pointy-haired boss. He's particularly funny in that show. Um, but then I think what I maybe most people remember him from, at least I do maybe besides this, um, is he was in a lot of Christopher Guest films. He's in Best in Show, A yeah. Mighty Wind, Waiting for Guffman, and he's always hilarious in that, in those. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's freaking Larry Miller has massive amounts of credits. He is one of the quintessential that guys. Like when you yeah, see him yeah. in something, you're like, hey, it's that guy. And uh, <laughs> and he's always awesome in everything he does. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely, um, if he's going to play an annoying asshole, he plays it well. And he, today, he, he does. <laughs> he plays it well. And I will say, while, while we're talking about him, every time I see him, uh, everything you mentioned, yeah, I was like, yeah, I recognize him from that too. But it always comes back to Seinfeld. Like, anytime I see him, I'm always mm. like, the doorman right there. Well, yes, for you. I mean, almost everybody comes back to Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, the doorman stops Jerry immediately. Um, apparently, you know, he's like, who are you? Wait, wait, you can't just go up. Uh, apparently, we find out that Elaine is house-sitting for Mr. Pitt. Um, we also find out this guy is not even kind of. He is a full-blown ass to Jerry. Being super sarcastic, staring at him awkwardly, basically being like, oh, you think you're better than me kind of bullshit. And just be like, Jerry didn't do anything weird. Um, now, I did notice there was some lacking of editing, uh, some continuity editing in there. They made a weird cut to me. Now, maybe I just noticed it because of editor's eyes or whatever. <laughs> Nerd. <clears throat> Nerd. Fuck you. Fuck you. No, no, no. <laughs> so they, they, had, they went from a shot of him staring at Jerry, and then they cut to like a closer up of him, and he was like doing this definite like movement, and then they cut back to that shot, and he was standing still, and I'm just like, wow, that looked weird. It was jarring to me. Um, <laughs> but overall, he's just a fucking dick. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, he's... He is pure evil this entire episode. <laughs> yes. So, all right. Um, on the street, we see George and Kramer. Uh, Kramer wants to, he notices these tourists, these German tourists, and he wants to give them a show. Very Kramer-esque. Just like, hey, hey, hey George, come on. Let's, let's give these guys a show. And so he wants to stage a fake mugging. And so he, like, puts his finger in his pocket like it's a gun so he can uh, mug George <laughs> Kind of just play up a fun little thing. All right. Okay. It was yeah. kind of funny. It was funny. I liked it. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure, and it will come back. So that's good. <laughs> I thought for a second it wasn't going to come back, and then they at least brought it back. I was like, wait. Oh, yeah. And they brought it back with a famous movie reference, too. Uh, yes, they did. So we will discuss that. All right. At Mr. Pitt's uh, a place, Elaine and Jerry, uh, you know, they're about to go to movie. Jerry was just meeting with her to, uh, you know, head to this movie. Um, he wants to, we don't get the name of the movie or anything like that. You know, we get so many yeah. good movie names in Seinfeld. We get Rochelle, Rochelle, we get, was Channel. it Fire, Channel, we get, was it Firestorm? Was that another one or something yeah, I like think that? that was, yeah, uh, Prognosis Negative Prognosis was another Negative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get a bunch, but we don't and, find and out Schindler's anything List, here. that was made up too, right? Oh yeah, that's complete bullshit. <laughs> All right. Um. But because of how much a douche the doorman is, Jerry wants to wait for him to get off. Apparently, he's going to get, you know, he's going to go home by six. And so that way he'll go down after that. Jerry's very non-confrontational. We know this about him. He yeah. doesn't, he doesn't, you know, like to be put in those kind of situations. 
at George's apartment. We see Frank. Frank is staying there, uh, apparently, because he's having some issues with Estelle. And so he's staying over at his place. Uh, we do get a... Oh, go ahead, Corey. I see you want to say something. I was just, I was just trying to remember when, when Estelle and Frank were breaking up. That, remember that episode? Mm-hmm. It ended with them... Being like, oh, we're we're getting a divorce. Like he, like they got back yeah. together, and then it ended with them sort of back into where they were at the beginning, which is so. So this is like a continuation of that. But that was like, mm-hmm. I feel like that was like four or five episodes. I feel like that was a while ago that we had the whole plot point of them breaking up. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So it, and it's been a little bit since we've seen Frank and Estelle. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of like left on that. But now, I mean, we just kind of know their things aren't going well. And I think this might be the the best look we've had so far of George's apartment because I found myself like kind of darting around, like look trying to look at everything and, and yes. seeing sort of. And I do like how he is. He has. It's funny because like he still has like some of his dinosaur stuff. Like he's still a kid, but you can tell now he has money because of working at the Yankees. So like he's bought. But now like his kid stuff are just more expensive. And I'm like that actually really tracks with a lot of the people that like I'm friends with. Like we're all like nerds now and we all have like our high-end toys we all have like you know i just it felt very appropriate for george the way his apartment was dressed his apartment seemed like it was still a child's apartment but yeah but it was somebody who could pay for like all of this yankee like pennants and all this other shit he just has more expensive toys now yeah yeah exactly it's ridiculous so all right uh anyway i do like how at one point George mentions Cosmo and, and, and Kramer's, yeah, and uh, and Frank is like, who's Cosmo? And I'm like, oh, yeah, he hasn't heard the name yet, so eh, yeah. that's kind of funny. Yeah, that so, was good. That was tight. That's a very, that's tight writing right there. Yeah, so uh, they're about to head out to go eat, uh, but Frank needs to change his shirt. And George and Kramer, who's there, um, notice something extremely disturbing, which we don't know yet what it is. <laughs> very troubling. Yes. <laughs> So, all right, Jerry and Elaine, they haven't left yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Pitts gets a call, and Jerry answers it. And first off, I'm like, what the fuck, Derek? Jerry, are you doing answering that phone? You shouldn't do that. But it's funny because he answers it. Oh, hi, Mr. Pitt. Yeah. Exactly like how he did before when, you know, he talked to, to he called um, Elaine on that line. Yeah, the the gag it never ends uh, up until like you know I think when Mr. Pitt you know exits the show, um, mm-hmm. it never ends the way they sort of Elaine and Jerry act like kids when they're together and they have to interact with Mr. Pitt. I love it. I love how Elaine always gets upset when she has to work late for him, and I love how Jerry's all like, "Hey, Mr. Pitt, how's it going?" You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's great. It's fun. It's just great, man. I love it. Yes, it is. All right. Um, Elaine eventually takes the uh, phone. And he wants, we find out that Mr. Lane, and Mr. Pitt wants to get his mail read to him, find out what he's gotten. And Elaine, she's trying to go to this movie, but he needs it right now. Mm -hmm. And so Elaine, again, in the kind of like that playoff of Mr. Pitt's the dad kind of thing. She's like, I can't go. And she has to, (laughs) she has to cancel on Jerry. Yeah. It never gets old. I love it. So Jerry leaves uh, out on the street Jerry walks by the doorman who lives at an apartment complex not too far, but he's just standing outside of his own door, which I like Jerry's call out being like, so you leave your job standing by a door to go stand outside your door at your complex? And he's like, yeah, you got a problem with that? <laughs> Were you ever a big Norm McDonald fan? Um, I like Norm. I think Norm is a heavily underrated weekend update anchor. 
He honestly was my favorite weekend. People update. people and, shit on him, but he is fantastic. So uh, Larry Miller's kind of got a Norm McDonald vibe in this episode, where it's kind of mm. like that, like you're smiling and you're like, yeah, that's right. You know, it's just it kind of vibe <laughs> Norm McDonald with me, and I was like, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah, I, I can see that. So, uh, and right. also, did you notice that? So the way the camera angle was set up, when Jerry was walking down the street, there was literally no way that the doorman could see him. But Larry, yes. but Larry Miller says, "Hey, what's up?" or something right before Jerry walks past him. And I, that's, of course, I think that's completely on purpose, uh, like sort of you know vying into like the whole uh, you know he's diabolical and evil thing. Um, but I was like, ah, that that was that was definitely something that you guys had to time and everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get that. I mean, you're definitely they're setting him up as he is out for blood for Jerry. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And he even kind of says, you know, at this point, you know, he calls out Jerry for thinking that he's better than him, mm-hmm. which is complete bullshit. Jerry not once made those kind of things. He just this guy has some issues. He needs to go talk to a counselor. I, I was going to say that's what we call projecting. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's not happy uh, with his lot in life, and maybe he should work on that instead of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bitching to other people. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean? Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. All right, at Monk's, George and Kramer tell Jerry that they saw Frank's breasts. <laughs> and to, breasts. According, <laughs> according to them, they're not like what we would call regular bitch tits. I've got bitch tits. Corey might have some smaller I ones because I'm, yeah. I'm a bigger guy than you. Um, but these are real hooters. <laughs> these are, these <laughs> like, are real hooters. I can only imagine like something actually supple and uh, legit like, you know, breast like if you will not just not just man fat and like their the look on their face at the end of the earlier scene with the description now it's a perfect 
combination, you know, like you find you get to see what they were, you get to hear what they were shocked by. Yes. And it is shocking, you know, and, and I do like how George says, I was throwing up all night. It was my own personal <laughs> crying game. And people actually crowd laughed like shit about that one. Uh, uh, but do you remember like how big the crying games reveal was back in this time frame? I don't even remember the review. Oh no, there was a dude. Yeah, it was a dude at the end. It's a, yeah, there you go. There you go. I mean, That's dude, right. bro, bro, that was, there was so, so yeah. There's so big. many pop culture references of that. It was so huge at the time, dude. It was so huge yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just all right. Here's me obnoxiously thinking of an edit, and this is played in comedy all the time. They've done it in Seinfeld before. Do you think it it would work? better how it was how it than how it was done here because here you see their faces and their reaction and then we cut totally away to another scene where we're seeing jerry and elaine and having the the jerry interaction with the doorman that kind of shit and then we come to monks and we get that reveal of what they saw a lot of places that i've seen in comedies you will see the interaction or see their faces oh what the fuck did they see and then the next cut will be Man boobs. Yeah. Oh my God. Frank had man yeah. boobs. Yeah. Do you think that would have been funnier doing it like, you know, literally going from their shocked faces yes. to them talking to Jerry at Monk's? Yes. Yes. I think that would have been, I think that would have been language wise a bit more filmic. Um, I think yeah. that would have been more, I think it would have had more of a punch. So yeah. yes, I agree with you. I think that would have been funnier. So literally just rearranging some of these scenes because they do yeah. they, they mm-hmm. going back and forth and back and forth on some of yeah. these scenes could have been a bit unnecessary. Like let the Jerry and Elaine one play out before and then we'll cut to this man boobs one. And I think it might have played better. I don't think you're wrong. I think it might have been the better choice. Um, and yeah, it kind of co- coincides with what we're talking about, how we just don't have any time to breathe in these episodes now, basically. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. George, though, is incredibly upset that he might get these boobs. I mean, you know, wouldn't he's got. Wouldn't you be? <laughs> wouldn't you be? <laughs> if I had Frank and Estelle's genetics, fuck yes, I would be worried. I mean, you're, you're not winning anything if you have their genes. I mean, I, I love them both, but, you know. Yeah, we see – all right, so we see George and Estelle later in in a scene of, like, them in the car together. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, the Frank is short too, of course. But I'm just like, man, you are Estelle's son, 100%. Yeah, they, they do. <laughs> they they do cast her like so well. Yeah. No, it, it is pretty fucking perfect, not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> so, all right. Um, Kramer, though – you know, Kramer's he's trying, you know, he's thinking of new ideas. He's trying to help people. And he thinks that Frank may need some support. Not mm-hmm. mental support, some undergarment uh support, like what the ladies have. So he's got yeah. this idea coming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And honestly, I, I put a little note here at the end of this scene. I go, great scene. I thought this whole mm. scene was yeah. very well scripted, very well like done. Just back and forth, a lot of fun. I agree. All right. Um, a woman tells George. At the right as she kind of walks by, hey, we're twins, and she kind of points at her chest. Yeah. George, of course, been worrying about his boobs, um, freaks out. Uh, but she's talking about, hey, they're shirts, yeah. and you know, because he's worried about his man boobs. And immediately, in my head was like, dude, you just lost the opportunity to possibly get a date out of this. I, I know, I thought that too, and because she, she was cute, I was like, oh, oh George, yeah. you should have gone for her. But yeah, he was yeah. too wrapped up in his in his impending. His impending metamorphosis. Exactly. He could have been like, oh, man, that's crazy. We're in the same shirt. 
Maybe we'll be wearing the same shirt tomorrow night when I take you out to dinner. Ah, Boom, that's done. a good one. Wow. Good one, buddy. Yeah. I haven't I haven't had to use lines for a long time because I've been married for over five years now. Yes. Um, yes. And so I, I, they still come to me, though. I'm still a savant when it comes to um, picking up women, I'll say. Ah. I'm just kidding, women. I, or Keisha, I, I, I don't. I'm not saying. <laughs> but I think, I think the lines come to me, and I think they're probably still good. <laughs> I, I love that. I love how you're like – I think they're probably still good. I love how you don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm older and fatter, and so they probably don't work. And granted, I was never all that hot to start with. Um, but you know, I got, I got, I got married. I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> so anyway, I think, I think I'm a pickup artist. Um, you are doing pretty well. Pretty, pretty, pretty well. <laughs> all right, hey everybody. That reminds me. Make sure you check out our Patreon. If you guys have not checked it out, our pretty, pretty comments there (laughs) are coming from Curb Your Enthusiasm. If you haven't seen it, one, you should. And two, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, now's the time to do it because if you join our Patreon, you can go through every single episode with Corey and me. Yeah, and it's my first time and guys and gals, I'm loving it. It's a blast. I loved my first time, too. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. That's, a, that's a whole other story. I'm not ready say, to talk do about. Do I remember it. my first time? I, I, do I? Re- I don't think I actually remember. Like, I know who it was with and everything, but I don't, like, remember uh, the whole experience. I was too drunk, and, and it wasn't a good situation. How, how, I was, like, 14 when I had my when I was. At Holy my- shit. No wonder you turned out so fucked up. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, you I was 19, but holy Holy shit. shit. (laughs) Okay. 14? Yeah. Was it like your nanny or some shit? Holy (laughs) Christ. That is fucking, you're, you're, this this explains a lot, man. (laughs) I'm learning so much. (laughs) Woo. Woo. (laughs) Let's get back to Seinfeld awkwardly. Um, All right. So Elaine comes in. And apparently we find out that the doorman told her about Jerry following him and all this kind of shit. Now she's worried about things are going to be awkward and she's worried about this guy. He's, he's just being again, maybe, maybe plotting something wheels are turning for this dude. Um, I love though, when we cut back to George while she's kind of talking, he's just kind of looking down his shirt and jiggling (laughs) to see how much jiggle he's got. And I'm just, Oh my god, I'm very much enjoying that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, hence, hence my note at the end of the scene. Great scene. It's just everything is happening. This scene is like firing on all cylinders. Yeah, you're right. This is a solid scene. At uh, at Pitts, the doorman is there, and he continues his dick attitude. Um, you know, Jerry mentions he just wants to be friends, and you know, and so the doorman takes abuse of that and says, "Hey, how about uh, you watch the door? I want to go get a beer." And so, get a beer? I like. I was like, you like. I was gonna think like, you know, go grab a stick of gum, or you know what I mean, or go run to the restroom. But like, mm-hmm. go grab a beer. You're you're not supposed to be drinking while you're working. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. Do you think if Jerry was a smarter man, he could have like come to that conclusion and said something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. But now Jerry's kind of taking his place. and some funny stuff where he sees the awkwardness of being a doorman, and then he kind of quickly becomes jaded, just like him. Oh, you think you're better than me? Yeah. Uh, ha ha ha. And then, I mean, and that's funny. Like, I'd like how quickly, I like how quickly he turns into the doorman. Yeah. And at the same time, how quickly he realizes, oh, fuck this shit. I don't need to deal with this anymore. Yeah. Yes. I I very much. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Another quick, quick scene. George is on a bus 
still worried about his jiggling. I like that. And another guy kind of almost notices him kind <laughs> yeah. of looking at his own breasts. Um, then we cut back to Jerry as, as the doorman, and he signs for a package. Um, but then here he gets fed up waiting for this dude, which, of course, is yeah. waited too long. This guy is obviously, you know, fucking with Jerry at this point. Um, so Jerry leaves. And I think yeah. it's all in his complete right. Like, yeah. that, is not, that is not his place. No. So, so. And, right, and uh, no matter, like, literally no matter what, nothing should be his fault because it's ultimately the doorman's job. Jerry was yes. never getting a paycheck for any of this, so. Exactly. Jerry was doing the guy a favor, if you will. And so even even at the end, when he's like, well, this guy, uh, well, there's some, I guess, other yeah. police involved with that shit. But, like, still, the fuck the guy. Fuck that guy. All right. Uh, Kramer comes to George's apartment and talks to Frank about the bro. He's got his idea about a male undergarment that would help give support. Oh, so love, I love Kramer and Frank together. Yeah, I mean, this is we're getting more and more of that. You know, their relationship and their. I mean, Kramer is full of schemes. Like that is his thing. He's going to be scheming with Newman. He's going to be scheming with Morty. He's going to be scheming with Frank. Like that's his whole thing. And mm-hmm. so I love seeing all of those. Me and so too. I, I, Kramer, Kramer works really well with a partner. Yes. Have you noticed that? Like, yes. He, he's. I think they realized. He's not great on his own. Er, ergo, the trip. Yeah. He was off on his own doing shit, and it sucked. He needs someone to bounce off of. Yeah. And it's a kind of, like, playoff of his insanity. But you can even kind of have sanity, insanity and insanity together because all of those people that I mentioned are almost as insane as Kramer. And so that wor- that works so much better. And so I'm, glad, I'm so glad that they found that dynamic, and it's not— Kramer can't be by himself. Unhinged Kramer by himself does not work. It, unhinged Kramer with another unhinged person? Oh, yes. Yeah. Per- perfect. Co- comedic perfection. But, I mean, e- even even going back to season one, man, I'm just glad they didn't make him a, a, a shut-in like they were trying yeah. to like in the first season. Wow. That would have been totally a, a whole different ball of wax. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Uh, Estelle is with George, and he – um. He's curious about her mother. You know, his grandma. He's kind of curious uh, how bosomy she was. <laughs> <laughs> poor Stell, man. Just poor Stell. <laughs> What's going through her head? Just like, what the fuck is my son asking about my mother's bust line? Yeah. What the fuck? My son is fucking insane is what's going He's through her head. He's a perv. He yeah. is weird. This is not cool. So, all right. Uh, Jerry and Elaine come back down to the lobby and they find out that someone stole the couch out of the lobby. And in, 100% I'm with you. This is the doorman's fault. Yep, 100% doorman's fault. Um in that group of tenants, uh there is an African American gentleman. Um his name is Nigel Gibbs. If you look him up on IMDb, he has a shit ton of credits. He is a very prolific uh, uh character actor. Um I, I would dare say almost is on par with uh Larry Miller, but Nigel Gibbs has a oh. ton of credits and you you'd probably yeah. recognize him too if you, if you saw him. Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. He does look familiar. He's got uh, over 100 credits. Yeah, he's been in uh, quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, you just kind of see him around. Yeah. 
Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I, and that's the thing. I, I recognized him in the crowd of, of tenants. I was like, oh, that guy looks familiar. Let me see. Yep, uh, yeah. And, the, and just like Larry Miller, I don't kind of know any one specific role that I recognize him from. I just, you know, he's been in everything from like Jag to like a gazillion other things. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's that guy. Yep. At the end of the day, they all end up on Jag. <laughs> that show, my God, that show epitomized CBS procedural bullshit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, it, you know, it ran for a long time, too, and it's just like every old person watched Jag. That's a dad show right there, bro. I was, yeah. oh, shit, I was watching uh, Mindy Project, and I know I know you're not a big fan of... Well, uh, I just, I just, I've just never seen it. I'm okay. Not, I, I, don't, I don't dislike Mindy Kaling by any means. Um, I loved her on The Office. I just haven't given it a shot yet. It's uh, Myra and I are going through our second viewing of it, um, but one of her, her love interests is like an older guy, so like Myra and I a lot of times see uh, similarities uh, between uh, uh, Mindy being Myra and... And like this guy, Danny Castellano, being me because he's a lot older and also kind of like crotchety, just like sort of that young guy, but he's old type of thing. And uh, and then, you know, she was staying over there. He was like, Mindy, you know, something about Jag. You got to check this out. And I was like, it was funny because, you know, he's Jag is for old fucking people. And that's all it it's is. for. <laughs> yep. So I'm actually I'm looking at um, Nigel Gibbs's credits. And actually he was on. Uh, a couple episodes of Melrose Place, something that we know Jerry watches. Yes, I saw that too. I saw that too. I saw Melrose Place. Yay. <laughs> All right. So uh, Jerry and Elaine obviously getting down to the lobby. They notice this shit is missing or they, they find that out. And so they leave quickly. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. At George's Place, Frank tries on the bro. We got some cabana music going on. Uh, and then in walks George and Estelle. Of course. Of what course. the fuck? This and, is this is another like highlight scene moment. Yeah, 100%. Especially since the scene ends with Kramer putting on the bro for Frank, but Frank's still kind of yeah. dancing, still kind of <laughs> doing the dance, but with a complete straight face. And that's yeah. what that's Jerry Stiller's humor. He's just just perfect. Oh my god, I love Jerry Stiller. RIP. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Um Elaine is worried that the doorman is going to connect her to Jerry because he knows she's friends with him and he's going to basically get her fired from Mr. Pitt, you know, that job. And so she tells Jerry that he has to uh, clash stories with, instead of like, you know, coming out with what happened and, you know, getting things figured out. He's like, no, you have to clash stories with the doorman. No one's going to believe him. He's just a fucking doorman. Yeah. That was funny. I liked it. And I like how it turned it, and it turns into, like, this crime sort of, you know, dialogue and everything. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, and it ties in very well, in my opinion, with the doorman's almost theory that everyone looks down on him. Mm-hmm. Because she immediately goes <laughs> to, fuck that guy. No one's going to believe him. He's just a fucking doorman. <laughs> He's just a fucking doorman. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. Especially since Elaine is always, like, so pro things. It's, mm-hmm. it's fun to watch her be anti things. Yeah. So. All right, uh, Kramer talks to Frank, and he wants to meet with Sid Farkas, who is Frank's friend in the bra business, who we saw back in season five when George had an interview with him. I yep. uh, actually did very well in that interview. Yeah, he did. He, correctly. He, yeah. he did. He did. He did. He didn't do well by the elevators, but he, he no. did well in the interview. <laughs> so, well, and, yeah, exactly. And, and we're is not seeing the, him. We're not seeing him yet, and I know there's more to go with the scene. But it's nice that they actually had the same actor play Sid Farkas. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. So. All right. Um, Frank and Kramer go, you know, here's they're going into business together. As I kind of already mentioned, um, you know, it's, it's them doing their stuff. But Frank's got a problem. He doesn't like the name bro. 
He thinks it should be the man's ear. <laughs> he said the bro is too ethnic. <laughs> oh, I missed I miss that. I was like, that's funny. But did you notice, much to, to Jerry Stiller's credit, you could see that he's actually wearing it under his white, like, sort of shirt. And I don't uh. know how apparent that was, like, like you know, back in the day on the tube TVs and everything, but it, you can pretty much see it now on our modern HD bullshit. But I got to give Jerry Stiller credit for doing that because, you know, he's pretty, he didn't have to, you know what I mean? He didn't have to fucking wear it, <laughs> but he was probably like, no, I'll fucking wear it. Who gives a shit, you know? That's awesome. Hey everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey. That's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right. Well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. All right. uh, Frank, or sorry, the doorman uh, tells his story to the police and Elaine walks by and points out her. Um, Elaine, you know, talks uh, above him right now. and she's basically just like calling him definitely a liar. But the doorman, being fairly smart, points out that no, I left this this lady's friend in charge at the point in time, which is one, nobody questions. Why did you leave a stranger and go leave your post? Why did you leave your post? Oh, to get a beer? That's not cool. Yeah. Um But you know, Jerry could have totally mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, he calls out that uh, oh, this other guy, a uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, signed for the package. Ha ha, gotcha. So he got him. All right. At Monk's, uh, Elaine explains that they got got, basically. Um, Jerry has a weird fantasy thing. You see this little in his head about, oh, you just see all these doorman laughing laughing at him with his doorman buddies. That was not funny to me. I did not like that one bit. Yeah, I I don't even think you needed it because I think you would have gotten it anyways. Like, it didn't add anything to the scene. You know what I mean? 100% you just get the humor from Jerry's face. Just be like, oh, he's probably laughing with his doorman buddies. And then that's it. That's all you need. You see, like, the anger in his face or, like, the worry or whatever. But, like, cutting to this, you know, this this fantasy in his head is just like, no, that didn't feel very Seinfeld. And, two, it just, yeah, it felt unnecessary. Yeah, especially since they use the stereotypical water transition. Yeah. The, the thing Wayne, Wayne's World makes fun of. the you know, <laughs> Made fun of that. Yeah, exactly. But I do like that this is when he does call him diabolical. I was like, that was okay, funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, George um, comes up with this pretty strong idea that he wants Jerry to take his couch back as a throwback to when George... Uh, borrowed 
He was like, hey, I'll take that couch. I'll just flip the cushion at the end of the Poppy Stain episode. Uh, I like that little callback there. Yep. And it it gets even better by the end of the episode, too. Yeah. And so he um, is like, okay, if you take my couch, that means my dad will have nowhere to sleep. And so I can basically get my dad out of the house exactly what he wants. So, all right. A a smart little plan from George here. Yep. I'm on board. Yeah. So Frank and Kramer go to talk to Sid Farkas. (laughs) And... You know, even he kind of realizes that he could use a little support. Yeah. You know, they're I only mean, working with 50% of the market. I mean, it's not a terrible idea. It was funny. I was talking to Myra um, a couple weeks ago. And, I, dude, I remember back in the mid-90s. Because uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a loofah guy, right? In the shower, I, I have loofah and I have the body uh. soap. And I remember in the mid-90s where they had to basically do a, like, Dove or whoever did a big, like, like trying to change the social norm of, of loofahs and stuff being only for women. And they started having these commercials of, like, big, burly football players in getting, you know, you know, using the loofah in the shower and everything. And, and I was like... And I always think back to that, and I'm like, whoever there was a marketing genius uh, in in there that were like, you know what, we're only fucking hitting half of the market, you know, so let's let's change perception with with the commercial and fucking get the other half of the market. And now in 2021, I mean, every dude now use a uses a loofah and body soap and everything like that. And it's like, but I remember when that was taboo for guys to do that here. It's funny because we've never gotten to the point where the bro is actually okay for men to have. Mm-hmm. It's and I don't know if we ever will, but I do think some men need it. You know what I mean? Like it's just, but I think it's such a social norm that I don't know if we'll ever get over it. But Sid Farkas is a fucking genius for seeing that this that, that there's a market for this right here. You know? Yeah, I agree. Now my only pushback is Adam. Did you notice? That they asked, that Sid Farkas asked uh, if it was going to be a clasp or Velcro or whatever, and they agreed on Velcro. Doesn't Frank hate Velcro? Don't we find oh, that out later? Oh, he hates the sound of Velcro. Yes. yes. Ah, I can't stand that sound. Right. So it's Velcro, right? And, and, and my note is, I couldn't remember if it was if it was Frank or if maybe it was Steinbrenner or, or Pitt or somebody, but I think it's Frank. I think it's Frank that hates Velcro. Mm-hmm. So I found that to be odd that he agreed to Velcro in this episode because that'll come yeah. later. I don't remember that scene, um, but that sounds weird to me. Like, I'm sorry. Like, well, I guess, okay, I was about to be like, why would you choose Velcro? Because Velcro doesn't last. Like, it is it is a weak hold, you know, when you need some, like, real support. But maybe they're saying that because it'll wear down and you have to buy a new one after, like, a you know few months or something. I don't know. That's capitalism. Yeah, that's capitalism for you. Yeah. So, But that's a good call. I didn't, yeah, I, I'm pretty damn certain that it's Frank who doesn't like the sound of Velcro. Yeah, I think so, too. So, yeah. All right. Uh, but I did notice that... Um, uh, Sid Farkas says that when he's wearing band lawn, uh, he appears to find or to see jiggling. I had to look up what band lawn was. Uh, I, I, I was, I was, I saw it and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to look that up because Adam's going to look it up. So what is band lawn? Did so band lawn is a synthetic yarn fabric. It's frequently associated with like clothes from the like, the sixties, um, and then maybe fifties culture. And I looked at a lot of like the the shirts. There seemed to be kind of like almost like um. I don't know, maybe golf shirts, some kind yeah. of thing, that kind of stuff. So so there is um, – Myra and I were at what, Target or Walmart, and I saw a shirt that I'd like, but I saw the fabric, and I knew that I was – and I told Myra, I was like, 
I'm going to look mooby in this fabric. Like, I'm going to, you know what I mean? Because it's too oh, thin. I, I do. Yeah, and it's not going to, like, push down on it. So, like, when Sid yeah. Farkas said that, I was like, I get it. I didn't know what Banlon was, but I knew, I kind of, in my head, knew what he was thinking about. And there are shirts that, like, and it's like that golf, like that golf sort of style of shirt. Yeah. I yep. can't wear it without an undershirt because, yeah, I'll jiggle too much in it, and I don't like it. I I wear those only because I like I like the... Um, I like that kind of like, not the, almost like the wickingish fabric because um, I I'm a sweaty fuck I'm a fat sweaty fuck um, and so if I wear just straight cotton in colors you're gonna see sweat stains like I'm just a sweaty shit yeah. and so I like the ones that are a little bit more polyester that um, won't show sweat as much but I do look mooby and yeah. I notice it in some of them and I'm just like Ugh, but you know what whatever. Uh, we're we're married. They, they our wives know that we have moobs and they still love us. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they would still love us to to drop the moobs yeah, and maybe sure. drop some weight. I mean, are you not kidding? I mean, <laughs> I'm sure they would still love us if we dropped a little weight too. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Touche, so. touche. All right. But uh, Sid Farkas is interested in this whole thing. Um, but then, then he makes a crucial mistake, and he mentions Estelle, <laughs> and he kind of mentions he wants to make a move for her, and you know, oh, is she you know open to a dating, which pisses off Frank immensely, and I would say a fucking course. Yeah, crucial, crucial mistake. Yeah. Very, very good words there, buddy. That was good. Yeah, because my note is, my note is literally, come on, Sid. That that's yeah. my note. <laughs> yep. So, all right, at George's place, uh, the couch is gone. Um, and I think a funny little scene where they talk about the pee stain, and Frank's like, you let me sit on a sleep on a pee stained couch? <laughs> yeah. Which, this yeah. is the part where I think they missed a missed opportunity. He should have smacked George in the head. Oh, dude, you're right. That would have been you, fucking perfect. What, you let me sleep on a pee stained couch? Boom, smack. Oh, that would, and then that would have added to the supercut of head smacks uh, yeah. that we could have done at the end of the, the series. Ah, oh, good call, man. Good call. Yeah, missed oh, opportunity. Yeah, missed opportunity. But I will say, Frank's reaction was would be my own reaction to that. I'd be like, yeah. "You fucking let me sleep on piss, you piece of shit." <laughs> Man, I don't. I don't know. I that's, I guess that shit doesn't bother me. Dry, piss dries up. What? <laughs> it's the molecules are still there. <laughs> I mean, oh my god! I mean, I. If you've come to my house, there is probably every type but of you, liquid on every surface of my house. But you don't have, like, kids or a pet. Like, huh? it's your liquid. It's So it's your liquid. But I'm saying for if you ever come to my house, it's my liquid on all types of liquids <laughs> on all everything. So if you're sitting on something, I've probably <laughs> done everything on that couch from puke to shit to whatever. <laughs> Good God. You're a monster. <laughs> Just know that before you come. All oh, right? I already knew. I already knew. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, uh, Estelle comes in to pick up Frank because apparently Frank's going to be going back to uh, you know the house with Estelle. Um, I like that you know she kind of compares him to J. Edgar Hoover right here. The whole cross dressing thing. Uh, the crowd Estelle... loved that one too. By the way, that was oh, a yeah, big did. reaction. Yep. Uh, Estelle, we find out, is apparently going to be having dinner with Sid Farkas. <laughs> he did call her to try, try and make this date. And Frank is fucking fed up, and he's going to stay. He's not going to go. He's not going to go home. And George is screwed. <laughs> so, so screwed. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and that's that's my favorite George setup yeah. is yeah. pretty much, you know what? George, you want something, and it's not going to happen. Yep, of course. So. All right, uh, Kramer is carrying an old record player from Frank's that, you know, we just kind of talked about side little yeah, thing. Yeah, there, there was like he's, a there was like a D, a D storyline about this record player. Sure. Uh, and so he's carrying it down the street, and the German tourists from before notice him, and, you know, they, they call him out for, you know, being this uh, thief. And so they trap him. Uh, but then they notice his bro that he's carrying, and they all start kind of laughing and talking about it. And one of like the fatter ones, oh, oh, that's a problem. Uh, you know, oh, the problem that you've been dealing with. And they're all kind of laughing about it. And yeah, that's kind of the end of it. And, and of course, uh, when, so when Kramer's getting chased uh, down, down down the street by them, uh, that's an homage to the German film from 1931 uh, by Fritz Lang called M. Um, mm-hmm. and it's starring Peter Lorre and that, uh, which was, I own that movie. It's yeah. a fan fucking tastic fan, film. fantastic film. Uh, I love Peter Lorre, by the way, I, ever, ever since 20,000 leagues under the sea, I was a huge mm-hmm. fan as a kid. Um, but yeah, so I, I was watching this. I was like, Oh, I was like, this is, this is an M reference, isn't it? Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Very nice. I, for some reason, I actually didn't really pick that up. And it's mostly um, because it's the, it's yeah. German. It's the Germans, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Um, at, Hits lobby. Jerry runs into Poppy. Poppy. Poppy's there. Oh, Poppy, man, we got a lot of more I, Poppy than I remember. Uh, right, right. And actually, my note here is uh, there are so many people in this episode. Yeah. Like if you if you start like counting, so Sid Farkas comes back, Estelle, yeah. Jerry. Like it's 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 a You're lot right. of people in this episode, dude. Very true. Uh, so, um. We find out that you know, oh, Mr. Po- that, that Mr. Pop, that Poppy, you know, he can't, he can't deal with being aggravated. You know, the last time he was very aggravated is because of her, his little friend, uh, st- or you know, because of the abortion talk and all that kind of shit and whatnot. Um, so he gets aggravated again at this moment, uh, just seeing Elaine, and he's got to sit down. Ha ha ha! The last time he sat down, he peed on the couch, which I thought was kind of funny, but like. I personally believe he peed on that couch intentionally from that last episode. Because if you remember when we discussed yeah. about it, there was a shot where you see him kind of having like a uh, relaxed face where I think he was intentionally peeing. Yeah. I don't think it's the same situation here. And so, um, I mean, not as funny to me, but it's still funny. Him sitting on a couch means it's it's going to get soiled. I, I didn't think it was funny really at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, it, it was good to see Poppy and I always like to see connective tissue, but, uh, the joke didn't land for me cause it's, cause he kept saying like my condition. So it's like, we don't really know what your condition is. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh, I got to sit down. And I'm like, uh, uh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. It, that landed flat for me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. If he would have mentioned like his condition is he can't you know, control his bladder. Yeah, yeah, Maybe something. that would make more yeah, sense. Yeah. You know, and I'm, Hey, I'm just glad it didn't end with that scene right there. You're right. Cause we get a tag of Frank sleeping in George's bed with him. Uh, because obviously he's not sleeping on the couch anymore. And, George's room is even more childlike. He's got a dinosaur lamp. He's got baseball sheets. It's just like, holy shit. And then you get the awkwardness of Frank just coming in, you know, Frank just like 
not a care in the world, just kind of coming in and sleeping in the bed and just kind of like, you know, dominating and George just being like, God damn it, fuck my life. Well, it's even better because one, he's got the Kashi that George was <laughs> referencing at the beginning. <laughs> yes. And then two, he kind of hands George the Kashi like, do you want some? But some fall out. And I know for a fact that this is a like a, a weird, it, it's an outtake, but they kept it because you can see George Costanza, I mean, he is, George Costanza is, is, is Jason Alexander at that moment when he's picking the, the Kashi out of the bed, you know, like it's, that's not him being George Costanza. That's him kind of having fun with Jerry Stiller. And we know that from some of the extras. And I love that it's in there, dude. And then fucking George turning off his light, but then fucking Frank turning on his. I was like, this is, this is fucking awesome. I, I love it. Um, you went off with, you, you took the, the, the last episode. I'll take this one. Um, I fucking love this episode. It has, it's funny because it has the same problem as the previous episode where I don't think it has much time to breathe because everything is so fast paced, but this is one of those moments where I love everything that's sort of happening. Now, I will push back and I know that we don't really get much closure on what happens with the the doorman, if he actually got in trouble or not, but in the body of this episode, I kind of don't really care because I think he already won anyways. Like he got what he wanted. That's the conclusion. He basically just fucked with Jerry for 22 minutes straight. And I found that to be infinitely amusing. Um, I thought Larry Miller as the fucking diabolical doorman is absolutely awesome. I've always liked this character. I've always liked this episode. Uh, then you all have, Freaking Estelle Costanza, Frank Costanza, you got the fucking bro, you got the Manzir. I was like, I, I honestly forgot that the bro and the Manzir were in this. So I was like, oh, awesome. This is great. We're getting all of that. Um, but I wouldn't give it a perfect score because I do agree that it did leave a lot of the threads sort of open uh, at the end of the day. They're kind of just dangling there. But I didn't ding it too much. So I'm going to give it 4.5 Diabolical Doorman. Okay. Um, We were way off on our scoring. I will say I've added an entire point. Oh, wow. Talking to you on this one. Um, I... My initial, maybe I was just in the mood because, like, the last the last episode I brought up a half a point. This episode I brought up a full point um, from our discussions. And so... Maybe I was just in a, in a mood watching this one. I don't know. Um, and so I just wasn't feeling some of the stuff. I mean, the bro stuff is fucking great. Frank and Estelle are on point and awesome. Uh, the doorman stuff was kind of weird to me. The guy was a complete dick, but, like, he did a great job playing a complete dick. Um, you know, Jerry just kind of falling into some of that shit I thought was a bit strange. Uh, he should have been able to talk his way out of it because fuck that guy. He left his post. Um, interesting tie-ins with Poppy. I thought that was okay. Maybe a little forced. I mean, it, 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 it wasn't forced until Poppy came in. Yeah. I yeah. thought we, it, we didn't even yeah. see Poppy this episode. I don't think. No. Nope. Just give us the, the, the recollection of the couch and you know, George had it and then we brought it back. Okay. That's fine. Putting Poppy in the episode was like, wow, that was a little bit heavy handed. So would it have been funnier with no Poppy, but like. Someone says, you know, that, that we've seen already, not the doorman, but another like person says uh, they see the new couch. They go, oh, that's nice. And then they say, 
oh, what's that though? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, you know, and, they, and they then, lift it up and they see the that. stain. Done. If they would have lifted up, okay, all right, hell, let me just clean it out. And they lift up, they see the stain. What is this? Boom. Absolutely Cut. would have liked that better. Yep. Yep. So uh, we actually got to see Mr. Pitt um, very quickly. He, we kind of see him on the other side of the telephone line, which was good. Um, overall, it felt like a middle-of-the-road episode, but talking to you, I give it just the slightest nudge above middle-of-the-road. So as I said, I gained it uh, a full point, but I'm still under you. So I gave it three out of five, three, sorry, 3.5 out of five unsupported man boobs. <laughs> That's... That's a good one. That's, that was a better one than mine. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. We didn't. You know, it's interesting too. Like this also. Like there was no. The punchline had nothing to do with Jerry. You know what I mean? Like the the way the whole episode sort of ends has nothing to do with Jerry himself, which is odd. Which most most of the episodes somehow, even the previous one, uh, has Jerry not being able to get into Kramer's party, you know, and everything. This really had nothing to do with him at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But, so. you know, Fra- Frank, man. Frank. <laughs> God damn. Dude. God, he's amazing. God, he's amazing. Seriously, dude, I fucking love Frank Costanza so yeah. much. I, I I love him almost as much as I love the Blast from Our Past podcast. Oh, my God. That is an honor, sir. I've never had such a better compliment in my life. Hey, I, I and it's no bullshit either because you know that I've been listening to your show since pretty much the beginning. You have. You have probably been like our, our number one fan, <laughs> which is awesome possum hey hey, man Uh, i only work with people i respect so you know what cheers to you i wish i could say the same (laughs) um okay (laughs) you son of a bitch i was taking a drink too i couldn't i I know i was hoping hoping for a spit take there i got nothing (laughs) so um yeah blast from our past podcast we do movie reviews tv show reviews fan castings we also do uh album reviews and top 10 lists and by the time you're listening to this episode, we got together uh, with Ben Young of Trivial Warfare, which is uh, one of my favorite trivia podcasts, and he came on to do his top ten panty droppers lists. So we we called it we called it uh, instead of saying panty droppers, we called it our top ten sexy time songs. Okay. okay so the, the top okay. ten songs we like to fuck to. Nice. And so if anybody if anybody wants to check that out. Go over to uh, Blast From Our Past and check that one out. We do a lot of different fun stuff over there. I think you guys will like it. You'll like it almost as much as you like podcasting after dark. Oh, thanks, buddy. And, uh, yeah, you guys know what I'm all about over at Podcasting After Dark with our cult movie reviews and everything. But we also actually have a couple other sideshows on Podcast After Dark. One is The Watch List, where we talk about uh, lists. We have fun with lists. The other one is TV Obscura, and that's where we talk about weird-ass TV shows from our youth. But bottom line, everything uh, uh, with, with Podcast After Dark is essentially, uh, you know, the cult version of whatever format you want to get into. And uh, I always like to lovingly refer to us as the dark shadow of the blast from our past. So if you if you listen to the Blast from Past, you should also be listening to Podcasting After Dark. But if you listen to either of those, you should also be listening to Talking Back, Action Action, Throwback Trivia Takedown, and People Don't Forget. We have some fantastic shows on the BFOP Network, also known as Beef. 
did it. I love it. I've, I've sold you on that, baby, and that makes me extremely happy. <laughs> you know what? It's fun to do. I'm not going to lie. It's a yeah. lot of fun to say. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if you, if you love what we're doing, go check out all those shows also. Uh, go check out our Patreon. Adam and I are having a blast talking about Curb Your Enthusiasm. But you don't just – when you sign up for the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you don't just get that. You also get – every single episode of Cartwright from the very first show uh, all the way up to this one, 100% ad-free. That's right. You see all those ads that Corey's dropped in. We've talked about all of these shows. You've already heard about them because Corey's dropped in ads about them. Mm -hmm. And so you've heard it throughout this. You could cut that out. You know, you'd just be listening to us bitching about it at the end. You wouldn't have to deal with all those (laughs) ads before. It's a dollar, 12 bucks a year. And I think... Patreon lets you select like a yearly like sign up or something like that too. So um, if they don't, I may have to check the the settings, make sure that's uh, selected. But yeah, check us out. Exactly. You know, if if you like what we're doing, we're we're putting a lot of work into it. And uh, at it, we we said it before, but you know, n- none of this is free. Uh, not just time and everything. Uh, hey, I was actually doing my taxes, Adam, and I saw how much uh, all these Squarespaces like st- things like, and it costs actual money to run podcasts like not just time and effort but it actually costs money to run these things so we do it for fun we do it because we love it but if you guys like what we're doing you know the support could always help you know i'm legitimately shocked you actually were doing your taxes i know i didn't say i did them though i said i was doing them. <laughs> <laughs> i filed for an extension motherfucker <laughs> But now I have to do them because I'm on the radar. So uh, <laughs> for the longest time, I was uh, I, I fancied myself Lando Calrissian just flying under the radar. But it's, uh-huh. I mean, it's it's all well and good until you eventually do pop up on the radar. So, yep. <laughs> so. all right, everybody, we will see y'all next week when we talk the Jimmy. <laughs> Sign up for our Patreon. Corey's got to do his taxes. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.